0: Good morning, Orange County Church of Christ. My name is Martin Chatis from the North Orange County Ministry. Uh, Happy New Year to you! It's still January, so I think I can still I can still say that. Uh, as a church uh, for 2021, our theme is renew, and I really love that theme. I'm really looking forward to discovering uh, just new perspectives and new insights uh, that revolve around that theme for us here in 2021. Uh, Two weeks ago, Steve Stevenson preached a lesson on a renewed vision. Uh, Last week, Marcel uh, Hall preached on a renewed, uh, steadfast spirit. Uh, And today, uh, continuing this theme of renewal and renew, uh, we are gonna talk about Sabbath. Uh, Sabbath, a spiritual practice of renewal. We can say that one more time. Sabbath, a spiritual practice of renewal. Uh, by now, m- many of us are somewhat familiar with the principle and the value of Sabbath. Uh, choosing a day in the week where we can focus on uh, rest, uh, recharging, uh, and reflecting, um, so that uh, you know we can be healthier uh, in our in our relationships, physically, mentally. Uh, and and all of that. Um, And so today I want to share with you uh, a lesson on Sabbath, not the lesson on Sabbath, but a lesson that I think will add uh, to our ongoing uh, discovery of how to best practice Sabbath uh, in our life rhythms and routines. Amen. Couple of things here that I want to also share is I want to kind of clear the air here a little bit, Um, meaning that, you know, in the Old Testament, as we will see, Sabbath is a specific day that is commanded Uh, for us in the New Testament era. uh, There is not a mandate to put into practice a specific day for Sabbath. Uh, And we can see the decisions made in Acts 15. Uh, Paul uh, sharing about not necessarily one day or another being uh, highlighted or special uh, in Colossians uh, chapter 2. So uh, it's just good, I think, for us uh, to uh, keep in mind that the important move here is to take a day uh, rather than uh, debate back and forth which specific day should it be. And this is based, again, on... Uh, The discernment and moves that are made uh, after Jesus rises from the the dead. And then uh, the new uh, implications of the gospel now entering all cultures all over the nations. Uh, And so there's a decision made uh, not to necessarily put all those commands uh, as an expectation for the Gentile Christians. Now, that being said the principle and the value and the practice of having a Sabbath, a Sabbath day, uh, I think is urgently needed in our era, in our lifetime, amen? For the first time uh, as a, in human history, we, we can say this, that for the first time in human history, uh, we are people who live to consume, uh, before the last generations and the current generations, um, human history tells us that huma- humans consumed to live. Uh, and so humans have always consumed to live. But now we are in an era uh, where we have access, uh, over access perhaps to things. Uh, and so we are the first human generation that now lives to consume. And so that is one way to identify perhaps uh, the challenges that we have with our, uh, our battles with uh, anxiety or insecurity or different things that our days and our, our years and our rhythms uh, can become so overwhelming uh, for all of us. Um, And so Sabbath is a practice that I think breaks that unhealthy life and culture rhythm. Uh, Amen. And so Sabbath is a practice uh, that forms us spiritually. It's a practice that centers us on, on God. Now... For me, uh, the pursuit of having Sabbath as a practice in my life is an ongoing journey. Uh, and it's quite ironic that it takes a lot of work to rest. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one, but probably not. It takes a lot of work to rest. And so having a practice of a Sabbath day for me, for my family, is not has not been easy. And I can't say that we're there. I think we're still learning how to best put into practice the principle uh, and the values of Sabbath every week as part of the spiritual rhythm of our lives. And so I have practiced Sabbath on Mondays and then circumstances change. And so Mondays was no longer a favorable uh, time for for a Sabbath day. Uh, We've tried uh, Sundays, we've tried Saturdays and Fridays. And so uh, always sort of managing to see which day is, is best. Now, whatever day we've chosen, we don't switch right away. We keep it until we uh, make an intentional decision to make sure we give our Sabbath day the energy, the focus that I think that day uh, deserves. Amen. Um, and so we, uh, we are going to look here at Sabbath, uh, and again, more from the perspective of the principle and the value of, of Sabbath. And so uh, let's go to Exodus chapter 20. We're going to read uh, Exodus chapter 20, uh, where Moses uh, gives uh, the uh, newly liberated people Commands, right? The, the Ten Commandments, uh, and then we're going to read also Deut- Deuteronomy uh, chapter five, where Moses once again uh, gives uh, God's people, the new generation, these Ten Commandments. And so, when they come out of Egypt, they receive those commandments, and when they're about to enter the Promised Land, they receive those commandments. And so we're going to see how they differ a little bit, what's emphasized here and possibly why, and what's emphasized here and possibly, possibly why. Amen? Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's read here uh, out of the 10 commands. We'll just read the fourth one, which is the command of Sabbath. Uh, Exodus chapter 20 in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy Day, therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and made it holy. And so, out of the Ten Commandments, the Sabbath day is the only one that is referencing an event, and that event, what we just read, is the creation. Uh, and so, there's a reference to to Genesis. It's also probably important for us to know where the command. The commandment of Sabbath is placed within the Ten Commandments. And so the first three commandments uh, revolve around our relationship with God, how we relate to God. So those are the first three commandments. Then you have the fourth, which is we just read as a Sabbath. And then the following six revolve around how we relate to others. And so the first three how we relate in our relation to God And then the last six about how we relate to others. But right in the middle is a command of Sabbath. That perhaps this commandment is intentionally placed right in the middle of the three that relate to God and the others that relate uh, to our, our neighbors and in our society and who we live with and around. Because perhaps Sabbath is the intersection where we learn how to be in a relationship with God and a relationship with others. And so there's probably some intentionality as to where this Sabbath commandment is placed within within the 10, amen? Another thing to note is the context of when when these commandments were given. The people have been newly freed and liberated uh, from Uh, being enslaved uh, in Pharaoh's system, uh, right? And so let's think about that for a second here. Imagine generation after generation after generation, all you've known is being enslaved. And so your identity as an enslaved person uh, revolves around what you produce for Pharaoh's system, and so your production of bricks is your identity, and your relationship with others is probably not healthy, of course, right? And so we can think about when Moses finds the two people, uh, two men who were fighting each other, uh, and um, you know he's kind of surprised by that, but hey. These are the type of unhealthy, uh, hurt, hindered relationships that existed amongst the community of the enslaved people there under Pharaoh's system. And so this is who they are. This is their, uh, their, their formation as a person and as a community. And now that they are free, no longer under Pharaoh, they've never... Uh, lived outside of of Pharaoh's domain and Pharaoh's system or Pharaoh's boundaries. And so for the first time uh, in the wilderness, uh, they uh, find themselves to, to be led now by God in these commands. And so the command of Sabbath, we can perhaps consider that is a command where there's spiritual... Formation of their identity is going to start taking place. And so perhaps Sabbath day is the starting point or the entry point for them to be restored. That their identity is no longer based on what they produce. But now with God, their identity is based on who they are. Based in their relationship with God and with others no longer over-identify themselves with production uh, and being objects, but now they are being dignified and restored in their humanity, right? There's the reference to the creation, right? That God created created us in God's image. And so there's a restoration of their imago Dei, of their image of God, and also in their relationship with others that... Quarrels, divisions, rivalries, envies are not part and should not be part of God's community. So it's important to note where Sabbath is placed and why and at what time uh, in the history of God's people Sabbath is ordained here. Amen. Now let's go to Deuteronomy chapter chapter five. Moses once again gives them the the commands and so in, uh, in chapter 5 of Deuteronomy verse 12 it says observe the sabbath day by keeping it holy as the lord your god has commanded you 6 days you should labor and do all your work but the seventh day is a sabbath to the lord your god on it you should do you should not do any work neither you nor your son or daughter nor your male or female servant nor your ox your donkey or any of your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your towns. So, so far, it sounds exactly the same, except this part. So it says, so that your male and female servants may rest. Here it is, as you do. And then it also adds, remember, which is a key phrase for Moses in Deuteronomy. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, And that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and with outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. All right, so the reference in Sabbath is no longer the creation. Here, the reference is. The emancipation, we can say, of the enslaved people as they were liberated out of Pharaoh's domain. And so Moses is saying, hey, remember that God saved you. Remember that God freed you. And so what could Moses be thinking about? Well... Now they're about to enter what? The promised land. Now they're going to have full access to their blessing. Um, And so there is perhaps a risk here that they would forget what God has done and over-identify themselves with their blessing. So before there was an over-identification with how they were abused, but now there's a risk of perhaps over-identifying with their blessing rather than the blesser. And so Moses, I think, is saying here, hey, don't forget what God has done. That at the center of this now promised land and affluent uh, era, God must be still God uh, and so our community and our personhood should be a God-centered community and people, right? Uh, and so, uh, and then he says uh, another thing uh, right before that. He says, hey, make sure your servants rest. And then he says this, as you do. And so now, uh, you know, the, the generations that are going to enter uh, the promised land are gonna have this privilege now of being landowners, right, of being people who have the opportunity to become very wealthy. Uh, And so they're gonna have servants, uh, but God says, keep the Sabbath and make sure that you rest just like your servants. What, What does that mean? I think it's a call for them to reflect that during that day, when not work is being done, that they can see the servants, they can reflect about themselves, and identify we are equal. I may be the patriarch of this land, but we are equal as people. And so the Sabbath is a way of remembering our humanity and our connection with other humans, right? Right? And so I think it's also uh, an attempt here by God uh, to make sure uh, that the people who are going to have access don't fall in love with that power and that achievement and having, uh, because then you have Pharaoh's system growing within Israel. uh, And God does not want that kind of pyramid system among his community. Uh, And so unfortunately, uh, during Solomon era and beyond, that's actually what happens. But we're not gonna get into that right now. And so um, Moses then adds uh, for this promised land era that every seven years, there's going to be a Sabbath of the land that even the creation itself needs rest, uh, and um, that uh, uh, people, poor people who are have debt are going to be forgiving of their debt every seven years. And for the land patriarchs, uh, if they for some reason mismanaged the land or some other circumstance occurred where they are no longer able to manage the land, they're able to, they have to sell it or become servants uh, because of their debt after 49 years, they will be forgiven and them or their families will receive that land back. And so God is making sure that there's not a society, his community, that doesn't become a have and have not community. And by the Uh, mandate to uh, forgive debt uh, and return lands, Uh, God is making sure that there will be no longer a permanent lower class. This is God's economic vision. This is God's new social reality uh, that he has created. Uh, In contrast to Pharaoh's abusive, you over-identify with what you produce and you achieve when you're only objects kind of system. Uh, In God, you are a person and you are a person in relation to God and you are a person in relation to others. And everything that is done is for the glory of God and the well-being of the community. And I believe that's still God's vision and work. And we find that kind of environment in the church. Because as we are about to take communion in a few minutes, when we take communion, we reflect about our relationship with God and relationship with others. Uh, you know, as we uh, take a weekly offering, we are participating in God's economy, giving to the most vulnerable and giving for the well-being of the church and the ministries. Uh, and so we are actually in our church services, uh, are participating and practicing a lot of what God was doing in forming his people. And Sabbath again is an entry point of reflection, an entry point of rest to see who we are with God. And who we are in relation to others. So when we practice Sabbath, we must avoid this extremes, right? Uh, and so for me, the extreme of, you know, I'm just going to numb out. It's me time. I'm going to overindulge in sports, in rest, sleep, food. Kind of isolate myself from people. Or I'm going to over-spiritualize the day. And it's all about fasting and prayer and reading. And all of a sudden, I'm like... Thinking about ministry and needs and things I need to do or haven't done or whatever. And so all of those things, those are probably extreme. So our Sabbath practice is somewhat in the middle. It is a time of rest, but it's also a time of reflection. It's a time to evaluate, to consider how we're doing. It's a time to receive from God in the simple practice of rest. And so Sabbath becomes the entry point for the formation of God's people as they are healing from being enslaved. And God and Sabbath becomes the entry point of the formation of the next generation that is now going to enter and be a display to the world of what life community should be um, when they enter the promise, the promised land. Amen. And so Sabbath can be those things for us as well: evaluating, resting, reconciling, healing. Uh, uh, you know, uh, reflecting about our relationship with God and how we are interconnected with others. Uh, and so Sabbath may be a time of rest, of celebration and lament. Let me emphasize that. I think Sabbath is a time of celebration that we are free, but Sabbath is also a time of lament that when we look around, things are not great, right? When we look at the the, the tensions of race and politics and the needs and poverty and uh, the, the pandemic and the devastation is causing all over the world, it's also a time of lament, but it's a time to reflect that we are part of this human race, right? It's been quite astonishing, right? That uh, through the pandemic, in isolation, in uh, social distances, we have actually discovered how connected we really are, right? That your health affects my health, and my health and my decisions affects your decisions, and we we want to. Uh, want this sort of individualistic take uh, about our humanity. But I think one of the lessons learned here uh, through the pandemic is that we are interconnected. And I think Sabbath is a way that highlights and celebrates our connection with God and with others. But also it's a way of lamenting that we have these broken relationships still. Um, But we have a God who can heal us and restore us, and we have a God who can warm us, warn warn us, and remind us that we are all equal. Um, and so, uh, this is encouraging and really life giving, right? Uh, now, let's move forward into the new into the New Testament. Move into the New Testament. Let's read in John chapter five, verse sixteen. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at work to this very day and I too am working for this reason. They try all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only... Uh, He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. It's important for us to highlight here and note the context, right? That Jesus has healed during the Sabbath. Uh, A man that has has been sort of abandoned by the people who were there uh, because everyone is just thinking about themselves and how they're going to get their needs met and how they want what, you know, They've prioritized whatever they want and need over the needs of others, right? It's a very uh, consumeristic example of, you know, it's all about what I want rather than what other people need. So Jesus notices that and he heals this man, but it's the Sabbath, right? Now, the Pharisees are super upset, right? They want, they persecute Jesus. And as they encounter Jesus, now they want to kill Jesus, right? And so the Pharisees here have this uh, warp view of Sabbath. Uh, and so it's also important for us to note that. The practice and the the view of Sabbath for the Pharisees is by now very different than Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. Uh, By now, the Pharisees have come up with these oral traditions, right? These specific sort of mandates and things of what to do, what not to do with Sabbath. And so why do they do that? They really want to glorify God. That's right. That's what they want. And so they have looked back into the past and seen Oh man, we have really failed God. We really got to get specific and rigid about this in order to ensure us having a victory with God. And so they have such an emphasis on wanting to control people, right? To institute uh, social uh, infrastructures that ensure people's faith and obedience in God. That along the way, they are so eager to glorify God that they're willing to, to persecute and kill Jesus for it. I mean, think about the hypocrisy and the irony there, and yet that's where the Pharisees the Pharisees are, uh, which we have to be careful that we don't get to uh, those places, right? And so Jesus here reveals himself to be God and he, he lets them know, think about all the work that God does in the Sabbath, I am doing that work as well. Uh, so what work does God do in the Sabbath? Well, let's think back again to Exodus 20 in Deuteronomy chapter 5. During those Sabbath day practices, was God absent or was God working? Well, God was working, right? Uh, and so the people that were enslaved, uh, they had over identified themselves with as objects that are only produced. And now through the practice of Sabbath, they're reconciling their identity. Uh, God is restoring their identity. And God is renewing their identity to be in relation to God and to others. No longer about what you produce, but who you are. So was God working during the Sabbath? Yes. Same thing in Deuteronomy as they're about to enter the promised land and now live in the promised land and be uh, blessed by all of those promises. Um Well, God makes sure there's a Sabbath rest, right? So the why? So that they don't over-identify themselves with the blessings, but that they maintain an allegiance and a recognition and an identity with God, remembering the exodus, remember that God has freed them, remembering that the promised land is not the end all, that God is doing greater things than restoring all things, right? And so making sure that they also... Don't over-identify with their achievements. So God wants them to rest alongside their servants to be reminded that they are equal to their servants. They're not better than their servants. And those servants are going to be debt-free in seven years. Uh, and so was God working during that time and continuing the healing and the restoration and formation? Of course. And so God's Sabbath work has to do with healing, has to do with restoration, has to do with spiritual formation, right? With renewal. Uh, and so Jesus is saying, that's God's work in Sabbath, and that's what I'm doing. That's why this man was healed, and that's why I'm going to continue to heal on the Sabbath. And so he reveals himself as God in the flesh, and of course they can't accept that. They persecute him and then eventually plot to kill him. So let's recognize here that the practice of Sabbath is an encounter with God's healing, restoration, and renewal work. Therefore, as we practice a Sabbath day, or if we are not able to, like the majority of the world, right, who works Uh, six, seven days a week out of necessity, uh, then we know Sunday is that Sabbath for us, right? Our worship service is that Sabbath. Our communion has all of the values and principles that we've noted on about Sabbath, which we're about to take communion right now. And so in Sabbath, uh, there's a reflection of who they are, not based on what they produce, but who they are in relation to God, Well, that's what we do during communion. We reflect about our relationship with God. Uh, In Sabbath, they reflect about who they are in relation to others. Well, that's what we do during communion. We reflect about our our relationships. In Sabbath, they were reflecting of how they were free, uh, Exodus 20, and they were reflecting on how they were being sent, Deuteronomy chapter 5. Well, in communion, we reflect of how we've been saved and how we are sent. Uh, And so all of spiritual principles, uh, one way or another, find Uh, We can find them in the practice of communion. So let's not underestimate the encounter with God, the mystery and the power of the practice of taking communion together. And so I want to commend you for your resiliency uh, for, you know, almost a year now of navigating this pandemic, but finding ways to stay engaged and have meaningful uh, encounters with God and with one another uh, through, these, uh, through, these, uh, through this technology and these opportunities uh, that we have. Uh, and so it is amazing to witness and to see the church uh, navigating and, and moving uh, closer and closer to each other, despite the fatigue and the challenges that comes along with some of these tools. Also, we must note that and be cautious here uh, that, you know, it's easy to disengage. It's easy to show up to worship service and multitask or just basically... You know, participate in whatever time is convenient to us or simply fast forward to look for highlights. Was this content even worth it today? Uh, And so all of those are unhealthy, unsabbath like practices that we must be aware of. And if those are happening, that means we are missing out on the encounter of rest, of reflection, of renewal and of healing. Uh, and so don't underestimate the power of encountering God during a worship service uh, and communion reflection. So with that, let's pray for communion. Uh, in Mark chapter 2, in verse 27, Jesus said, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What is Jesus saying? That Sabbath, that rest is a gift from and so we participate in this rest now through communion. And we also can think about Hebrews chapter three and Hebrews chapter four that says that is that, the, that God is leading us into the ultimate Sabbath, the ultimate rest when all things are completely restored. We are not there yet, but we are on our way. And so Sabbath is a way of anticipating that work that God is accomplishing. Communion practice is a way of anticipating and participating in that which God is is doing, amen. And so Sabbath is a spiritual practice of renewal. Whether we have the privilege to choose another day outside of Sunday or we're simply limited to only beat Sunday, let's make sure we have that spiritual practice and encounter God, just like Exodus 20, just like Deuteronomy, just like John five, just like Mark two, just like Hebrews chapter three and four, the power, the mystery of a spiritual discipline uh, in ways that God heals us uh, by that practice. So let's go ahead and let's say a prayer for our communion. God, as we take communion, We reflect on how you have saved us and freed us. We reflect on how you are sending us into the world to serve you alongside as you are working in the world. We reflect about our relationship with you. Help us to not over-identify with our past, with our failures, with our shortcomings, but to identify with who you've called us to be. Help us to not over-identify with our achievements, our growth, our progress, uh, our production, our experiences, our knowledge, our blessings. Help us to identify with you, our provider. And so as we take communion, we celebrate your triumph over death, your triumph over sin, and we pray to join you in your ongoing faithful work until that day we pray this in jesus name amen we hope you enjoyed today's lesson and look forward to being with you next week you can find more information about our church on our website occhurchofchrist.com or on the OC Church of christ app located in the app store you can also watch live services on our facebook and youtube pages which are located on our app and website thank you for listening and may god bless your day